It's time for Love Talk with the Love Ladies, Kathy, Carrie, and Marley. And welcome, friends, to Love Talk here in studio with you this beautiful Saturday morning. I'm Kathy Endebrock, and I'm with the beautiful Marlene McMichael. We are on the bridge, Austin, Central Texas Christian Talk, building bridges of love and leadership. And it is a beautiful time in Texas. God is working, friends, as we lead with love across Texas and across America. Well, happy Saturday, Marlene. It's great to be with you this morning. And you. And our guest. We're very excited about the program today. We have an incredible guest. And friends, you know, we just realized that as we enter into this uh, this this holiday season, I mean, there's Thanksgiving and, and uh, that's just behind us. But right in front of us is Christmas. And there's this incredible opportunity of this Advent season as we prepare for Christmas. And sometimes when we think about Christmas, we think about the, this hallmark, picture-perfect holiday season. And while that's generally not the case for 99.9% of us, we are just in life. And there's change and there's churn. And sometimes it's hard to just get our feet under us. And so we have a very special guest that we've invited onto the program today just to talk about finding hope and embracing hope amidst change. And uh, so we will uh, just introduce her in just a moment. Well, Marlene, I would love to hear about your week. Have you experienced a whole lot of change and are you embracing what is in front of you or are you (laughs) dreading the future tell me about it no i'm excited about the future it's um, christmas time is one of my favorite seasons Mm -hmm. and so um, i'm madly decorating the house because that's what i do (laughs) and trying to decide whether i put up one tree or or two, but I'm guessing it's going to be one. Um, just came back from Thanksgiving, and um, I don't cook Thanksgiving. So <laughs> is that right? You, no turkey in the oven for you? Not for me. Okay. Uh, some other soul is going to do that, but no, I'm going to swing by San Antonio, or I did swing by San Antonio to see my daughter, okay. and um, then uh, we are going to my brother's in Rockport, and my other brother will join us or has joined us and did join us. Um, and um, that's our Christmas. Okay. So for the brothers, that's Christmas. Now, their children all come to see them at Christmas, and so uh, we want an opportunity, just the three siblings, to get together. And, um, and my daughter uh, was there, and so we just had a really good time uh, so together. your Thanksgiving with the brothers is your Christmas as well, because then they go and do Christmas with their families. Well, this year, yes. Okay. Last year, Christmas was until March. <laughs> But no, we try and get together, and uh, this just presented an opportunity, and so that's what we're going, what what we did, and um, the exciting thing, I, I I had very special presents for them, and uh, so I'm very, uh, I was very excited to see that and see them open those presents. It, uh, it's, um, they were heirloom gifts, uh, um, made from wood. Okay. From uh, a park that was named after my grandfather. Oh, that and is so, so special. Uh, that was very exciting, and so. Uh, so I love this. You actually uh, kind of adjust the holidays to make it fit your family, rather than get your family to fit the holidays. Yes. Kind of. Yeah. Yes. Okay. You know. Obviously, when my mother was still living, we would all go there. Mm-hmm. And um, most of the time, my brother in Louisiana was also able to do that. And uh, and particularly because it's just me, I'm, I tend to be the one that, that travels some. Okay. And, uh, of course, my daughter is got this really high-stress job, and so she works up until you know midnight of the of Wednesday <laughs> and then there's Thanksgiving and so it's just easier for me to to go to her house on Thanksgiving than uh for her to come to me. You know, I I love this um embracing hope amidst change because I I and I and I like your perspective on it is sometimes we get to choose what changes we make in order to embrace the embrace family and embrace love and embrace joy and embrace the celebration of the holidays 
we can make changes in, and not throw traditions out the window, but hold on to those traditions, but go ahead and make the changes that need to be made in order to celebrate with our family. And, you know, friends, I think that is a wonderful message. And, and as we focus on this, um, this Advent season, we are going to, as, as Thanksgiving is behind us and we're looking forward to Christmas, we're going to focus on this theme of embracing. What do we embrace? And there's this thing called Advent that, you know, many of our listeners are going to be very familiar with. And many of our listeners are going to say, well, I've heard about Advent, but not really sure what that is. Well, it is the Sundays leading up to Christmas. And those Sundays, you generally focus on the themes of hope, love, joy, peace, and finally, the light of Christ. And so, this Sunday, tomorrow, is the first Advent Sunday leading up to Christmas, and so the focus is hope. And so we're going to say, all right, we're going to embrace hope. We're going to embrace hope whether our lives are picture perfect and hallmark or if our lives are just riddled with change and challenge, we are still going to get to and we are still going to embrace hope because we get to choose what we embrace. Right, Marlene, we get to choose, are we going to embrace hope or are we going to embrace hopelessness? We need to kick hopelessness to the curb and embrace hope. Absolutely. And, and in Christ, there is nothing but hope. You know, he, he, is, he is our hope. He is our salvation and he is uh, why we live this life that we live, you know. And uh, Advent was a big thing in my house uh, you know, when my daughter was growing up, we always did the Advent wreath and the Advent can- candle. And, um, you know, also for um, Thanksgiving, we most of the time went to my in-laws, which was four states away. Mm-hmm. So I don't personally have a lot of in-my-house Thanksgiving traditions. Those were more Christmas. But... Um, it was always spent with family, whether it was here, there, or yon. It was always spent with yeah. family. You know, one of the things I think Carrie said this uh, on last year's Thanksgiving program, she says it's never too late to start a new tradition. And I thought, that is so neat because so many times we think, well, tradition, that's something that we've done for years and years and years. But, you know, friends, you can start something beautiful this year that will become a tradition for your family moving forward. And what if that tradition is to embrace hope over the holidays? And so, and Marlene, you know, that that makes me think when you're talking about in Christ we have hope, Miss Evelyn, who was the founder of Love Talk, she'd always say that Christ is our rope of hope, and we need to hold on to that rope of hope. And our key verses for today's program really highlight that. The first one comes out of Colossians 117 and it says in him that is in Jesus Christ all things hold together so friends you don't have to worry about holding it together because Jesus has got this in Jesus all things hold together Colossians 117 and then our second key verse for today's program comes out of Romans 15:13, and it says this now may the God of hope Fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Friends, we don't have to just struggle and have a little bit of hope, but we can overflow with hope. And Marlene, we have a guest today who overflows with hope. I just was thrilled to have the opportunity to meet her this past October. She is just a beautiful ray of hope. And uh, I would love for you to introduce her and for our listeners to get to meet her. And I'm very happy to do that. We have as our guest Susan Miller. And for more than 30 years, Susan has traveled around the world speaking to women's events, conferences, corporate venues, military bases, and churches, helping women and families uprooted by a move and struggling amidst the difficult life change the life change that brings and i can i can attest to that i i was a military wife and and i saw it firsthand and it's for many many people moving is hard so in 1995 she launched just moved ministry out of a desire to offer the encouragement and hope of jesus christ to uprooted women and families thousands of women around the world have 
contacted Just Move Ministries for personal encouragement, helpful resources, inspiration, prayer support, local study groups, and an online community. Susan's passion to help uprooted women led her to write several books, including After the Boxes Are Unpacked, But Mom, I Don't Want to Move, and After the Boxes Are Unpacked, a companion journal. Susan has been a guest on radio programs such as Focus of the Family, Family Life Today, National Public Radio, Moody Broadcasting, Family Life's Parent Talk, and Army Wife Talk Radio. She's sold out to Jesus, and she has two adult children and and, uh, six grandchildren. And when she's not speaking or in the office, you might find her out kickboxing. I'd like to see that myself. (laughs) At the gym, uh, savoring a latte in a local cafe or listening to country music. And she also likes to plant flowers in her yards and ride on the back of a Harley. I'd also like to see that, too. (laughs) So welcome, Susan. Oh, I'm delighted to be here. This is just wonderful. I love your theme of hope, and this is just going to be fabulous. Well, Susan, one of the questions we always love to start with is is just knowing how did you come to know that Jesus loves you? Well, you know, I when when I read that question, I thought to myself this song that we would sing as children. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. And I couldn't help but think, I came to know Jesus at the age of 16 and commit my life to him. And my hope is in him, and in him uh, I live and breathe and move. And so it is uh, just such a, a joy to claim him and know that he loves me and I know all the more through his word because it is through God's word that I cling to the hope and the faith and the trust in him. He died for me and therefore I know he loves me. It's kind of like the sunshine. You feel the sun and you see the sun. And you feel the light of the sun. I feel Jesus. I see Jesus all around me in all the things that are in my world. And I feel the light of his love in my life. So how about that? I love that. And in Jesus, you live and you you live and you breathe and you move and you have your being and you kickbox and ride on the yes. back of a Harley for his oh, glory, of course. I know. Hey, it is. It, it. I know it sounds so funny for a southern woman to kickbox and love Harleys. Um, but hey, southern um, women are tough. I tell you, steel magnolias. Absolutely. How about that? You know, I I got a chuckle when Kathy was talking about uh, Miss Evelyn's um, saying about the rope. Attached, rope of hope. The rope of hope to Jesus, and immediately went to your book. Uh, and the picture of your hammock and the birds building, t- stealing your the string and the rope off the hammock to make their nest. And th- one of the things I loved about your book, After the Boxes Are Unpacked, is the way you use everything around us to teach lessons about Jesus and about his about life in him, really. You know, whether it's flowers or it's the hammock or it's whatever, um, you, you lo- use very uh, personable but tangible things to to create a parable almost. Well, I feel it's real important uh, not only to share biblical principles. My book is built, the foundation is built around God's Word and biblical principles, but practical application, and that's where using the things around us um really applies because a woman can identify with the visual, uh, practical application. Well, Susan, that's one of the things I love so much about you is you take biblical principles and you use biblical, uh, practical application. And that's what we need in this holiday season are practical ways to embrace hope amidst change, amidst whatever it is that we're going through, wherever God has planted us. 
And, and welcome back, friends, to Love Talk. I am Kathy Indebrock in the studio with the beautiful Marlene McMichael. We have a very special guest on the program today, friends, Susan Miller with Just Moved Ministry. And she is talking with us about embracing hope amidst change. Now, friends, if you missed our first segment, don't worry. You can actually go back to our archives at lovetalknetwork.com. And you can grab that first segment and listen to it and then share it with a friend. It is great to be with you. Be, it's great to be with you this a beautiful Saturday morning as we do talk with, with uh, Susan about uh, very practical ways to bring biblical principles into the holiday season as we are embracing hope amidst wherever we're at, whatever we're going through, wherever God has placed us. And one of the things that I love about Susan is that for more than 30 years, she has traveled the world speaking at women's events, conferences, corporate venues, military bases, and churches, helping women and families that have been uprooted and are struggling amidst the difficult changes that um, that, that brings, being uprooted and having to move, whether it's across the country or to another country. Uh, that change is really difficult to deal with, and I love it that Susan is able to really address all of life's challenges with these biblical principles that she has laid out in her book after the boxes are unpacked. Well, Marlene, I know that you have uh, a question to kind of kick us off in this second segment for Susan. Absolutely. Um You know, Susan, I was really touched by the fact that you – really specifically spoke to military families, you know, and military wives. And um, I was one in uh, my when I was much younger. And um, we moved to Germany, and I was excited about going to a foreign country. So I embraced it. But I was shocked at how many people were not, and, and specifically the wives, were not able to do that, uh, either because of isolation or loneliness or... Um, just in in the loneliness was not just that they were away from their family often the husbands or the the military uh, enlisted person would have to go off on what they call maneuvers and so for weeks at a time and so it was like a double impact so could you talk about that and how do you move in in i know you you have terminology for it about taking off the um the um tags and the different things. So talk about that and tell us how we get to embrace where we're at, regardless of the circumstances. Boy, you're in my wheelhouse now. I'm just, <laughs> I'm, this is right down my alley, as we say, because um, not just military wives, but when I speak to women in churches and, you know, women that are struggling with the feelings and emotions that change brings. When a woman is uprooted by any change, moving, divorce, being a widow, downsizing, whatever that might be, retirement, she goes through feelings, uh, and I call it emotional baggage, and I call the feelings luggage tags because anything that is keeping her from moving forward from starting over can be a luggage tag. Feelings of grief or anger or bitterness, um, discouragement, uh, hurt, any, and loss of identity too. These are emotions that we struggle with during the holidays or any time of the year when we're uprooted. And we look around and everybody's happy and there we are, duh, you know. <laughs> and, uh, you know, how, I would say, how do we begin to let go of the emotional baggage and grab hold of hope? And that's huge because it is not easy. I- I'm not here to give you platitudes and say do one, two, three, four, and it'll all go away. We deal with emotions daily as women. The key is to lay it down every day at the foot of Jesus. Every day I deal with something in my life, and I have to let go and let God truly handle it. I am not alone. The audience is not alone. And sometimes we have to just repeatedly, if I'm dealing with anxiety, I've got to lay it down every day. Say, Lord, help me get through this. If I'm dealing with loss of identity, 
Lord, help me with this. Um, he, he is our God of hope. And we need to hope in him, not in people, not in circumstances. And stay in God's word to be able to let it go every day and lay it at the foot of the cross. You know, I love what you had had said there, Susan. You, you said um, for a moment, you look up and everyone else seems to be okay. And you think, oh, my goodness, I'm the only one who's not dealing well with this. I'm the only one who uh, feels like they're falling apart. We have this tendency to compare, 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 to compare. Is that is that ever a healthy thing? Well, it's it certainly can take us on a downward road. And comparison is something that women definitely go through, whether they're being uprooted by a move or not. It is huge. And, uh, you know, the, the key is, um, for you to understand that if we were all alike, y'all, listen to me, audience. If we were all alike, we wouldn't need each other. And it is our differences. Uh, the God made you who you are, and it is the differences that make us unique. And we have to not compare because that will take us down big time. And I always like to... Uh, use the principles out of First Samuel 17, where David met Goliath, the giant in his life. And my friends, the giant may be comparison for you. And you need to um, not just catch yourself and say, hey, I am a daughter of the king. I am a child of God. I am who I am. And that's good enough. And I'll just grow deep roots in him. And mm. so, yeah, comparison. And it's so hard on young women, the culture that we live in. Absolutely. That's well said. Thank you. Yeah, I think that we have this tendency to go for perfect. And my mom taught me early on in my professional life. She says, Kathy, you have to understand when good enough is best. And uh, and for me, I'm more of a type A personality. So I would always want to go for perfection. But it was such a, a good lesson for me, sometimes good enough is best. Sometimes having everything picture perfect takes a toll that is not what we want. And we, and when we think of picture perfect, we think of magazine um, covers. And, that, and we try and compare ourselves against something that truly is not a reality. And I think when we are comparing ourselves against each other, really, we're comparing ourselves against an unreal standard when the Bible tells us the only person we should ever compare ourselves to is Jesus Christ. And I love that when we compare ourselves to Jesus Christ, he um, He is the gentle one. He is the grace-filled one. He is the one that does not hold us to an impossible standard. But he basically just tells us, you keep your eyes on me, and all of this is going to be okay and uh you know if he's if he's woken you up this morning friends he has given you the air to breathe he has put that breath in your lungs all is going to be okay we can um embrace hope wherever we're at today whether we're dealing with that loss of identity that susan has talked about or anger or bitterness we can let that go and put it at his feet and susan i have this other question for you um you know, we, God, I, I truly believe that in the day that God has made for us, we are meant to experience joy. I think as he has, you know, um, as he has made that day, he has built joy into it for us to get out of it. And when we lay down at night, we are supposed to truly rest when we lay our heads down at night. However, when we feel like nothing is the same, everything is different, and life itself is like shifting sands under our feet, I think sometimes that hopelessness can steal our joy. It can steal our rest. So where can we start? What, what are we to do when we feel like under our feet are just shifting sands and we're not resting well and we feel like the hopelessness of the day is stealing our joy how do we start the day differently? Well, 
the key word, and listen, we have to do it every day. The key word is choice. You have to choose joy. Do I wake up every morning feeling joyful? No, I don't. And neither do many of you. But I choose joy in my life. And I know that joy, real joy, comes from inside. Real joy comes from having a relationship with Jesus Christ, having that hope of Jesus Christ deep within my heart. And joy is manifested. Uh, the contentment and peace you feel in your soul, joy is manifested through that. Joy is an outward expression of an unshakable relationship with God. Joy is not determined by everything around you, but inside you. And you have to choose that. Look at the positive, not the negative. Maybe you need an attitude check. Those are some basic things because joy, the enemy would love to steal our joy. And you can be joyful. Listen, you can be joyful regardless of your situation or circumstances. You know, I love one of these principles that you talk about um, in your book, After the Boxes Are Unpacked, starting um, on page 97, and you kind of take this through to page 101, um, you said that, you know, sometimes you can't see the big picture, and sometimes you can't see instant results. Sometimes you can't even see the sun shining, and you don't even feel like you have the right tools in front of you, um, but there is hope even though you can't see the sun shining you can know that it is shining and that the results will be there and you talk about growing deeper roots and I have found this when I read that I so identified with it because I felt like there have been times in my life when I felt like the 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 ground under my feet was like shifting sands and so I thought okay I just need to grow deeper roots because I know that even under sand there there is rock like you will hit <laughs> you will hit solid ground if you go deep enough talk to us about growing deeper roots Well first of all Ephesians 3:17 says may your roots go down deep in the soil of God's marvelous love and so there is a great visual, and and I like to use that visual in terms of how to grow deep roots, water regularly by staying in God's Word. Just like a plant has to have water, you need that nourishment of fresh water and growing deep roots by staying in God's Word. Provide plenty of light by knowing God's truth. The world would love to tell you and instill in you the lies of our culture. And yet, we have hope in him. We provide that light by knowing and staying in God's word to know his truth. Fertilize by being in fellowship. Oh, my goodness. Be in a Bible study. Be with one another to grow deep roots. And then don't forget to prune those branches. A lot of times you need to prune an attitude or a negative thought or your anger. And by pruning, you can grow all the more. And so those are some uh, ways that I have linked together the practical way of growing deep roots. I love the the comment about staying in fellowship. I mean, particularly if you move or, or you're feeling very isolated, uh, you point out over and over again to, to pretty much to build your community, whether that's going to the neighbors and inviting them over. You may find a, a, a great friend in that or it's going to church or and creating a, a, a community there. One of the things um, I think is also good is to look for people that complement and add to or your your because uh, everybody has strengths and weaknesses. In other words, when I was I was pretty much a solemn, you know, personality, you know, and I wasn't real outgoing. I find that some of my best friends were always the opposite. They were very outgoing and uh, I would say uh, boisterous and and hilarious, but that kept me balanced. 
And so t- speak to that and what your experience is um, in growing community. Well, I always say to a, a, a mover, there are three things I want you to do when you move. Find a church, find a church, find a church. Because that is where <laughs> fellowship can begin. A small group, a Bible study, being in worship together, being with one another. And yes, I just graduated a, a group from my study and they were all so different, but they found how they, they grew from each other and how they began to bloom from their differences. It's huge to have someone in your life that can balance you, hold you accountable, pray for you, someone that's different that can bring out the who that you are in a godly way. Amen. I love that. Someone to hold you accountable as well. That, 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 that brings a lot of maturity when you're willing to press into that kind of a relationship. Susan, I want to go back to something that you also said. You said pruning those negative thoughts. You said we need the nourishment of God's word. We need to fertilize by being in fellowship, and we need to prune those negative thoughts. Boy, that sounds easy. Let me just not think that anymore. (laughs) But gosh, it just seems like sometimes it is not that easy. What what can we do to prune those negative thoughts? And I would say it's not that easy, particularly in this environment where the media is constantly negative. I mean, so yes, yeah, speak to that, please help us. <laughs> well, I, you know, I, I firmly believe that God's word is the fertilizer we need. And when we are, um, when I'm going down a wrong road of being negative and finding everything wrong with everything and everybody, and I'm getting real down about it, or my attitude, or what, I really try to catch myself. Because you know yourself. You know when you're off center. You know when you're off base. And I stop and say, Lord, examine my heart. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. And I try to catch myself. And that's what pruning is. It's realizing when you need an adjustment. I love that. You know, uh there's this verse in Romans uh, chapter 12, verse 2, and it says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And, and that verse, I think, is exactly what we're talking about here, is that we can be conformed to the negativity of the world, or we can be transformed by the renewing of our mind. And that transformation comes through God's word. And so if we are having that negative thought, I think it's worthwhile to say, okay, does this negative thought line up with what I'm going to be seeing in magazines and in the media and on the radio? Because if it is, that that is not the pattern that I want for my thoughts. And so we need to go and look at the truth in God's word that is set opposed to that worldly pattern to kind of transform our thoughts. And, you know, my mom always said, she goes, baby, if you tell yourself not to think something, all your brain keeps hearing is think something, think something. But if you replace something with something else, you give your mind something to hold on to. Well, let me tell you, uh, what goes in is lived out. So what goes in your mind, what you see, what you hear, um, what you say, what goes in your, your mind is lived out. So think about that because, you know, if I'm going to watch something or read something or listen to something that is so contrary to my core belief in Jesus Christ, you know, that's going to have an effect and that you're going to live that out. So renewing your mind, hey, that's all part of pruning. And that is key in keeping ourselves kind of shore up. I always say, come back to center. We've got to get back to the center core of what we believe, who we are, and how we live it out. In this age where our children have... um, 
so many temptations and so many contrary thoughts through social media. How how do you instruct parents, and, and particularly I think you speak to women mostly, but how do you tell them to counter that? I mean, I've seen posts this week where a mother talked her nine-year-old daughter into doing a facelift to make her more beautiful, or you're constantly being shown images of people in scanty clothes going to parties and and that's what my dress needs to look like, Mom, you know. <laughs> so how how do you counter that when it's so contrary to the world that they live in? Well, I always like to tell um, women that they are like a book and their children are reading the pages of their life every day. Like and so uh, how I I am... I am Jesus with skin on to my my children and my grandchildren. And how I live my life and conduct myself is um, a chapter in the book of my life that I want them to read and learn from. I can't make them. You can't make your children do this, that, or the other. But you can certainly be an example by how you live, what you say, how you act. Um, you know, that makes a huge difference because they're reading the pages of your life every day. And you're the example and the role model. You're the catalyst of your home. So check yourself, check your heart first and see if you are setting an example that they want to follow. And if they don't now, they'll come back to it. Train up a child and they will. They yeah. will come back to I it. I love that. So, Thank yes. you. I love that. And also, you are the catalyst of your home. And, and I think, you know, a catalyst, that is something that kind of ignites different uh, things that are, are going on around it. And, and I love that idea as the mom truly being that catalyst, that catalyst for good things, that what goes in uh, to our family is lived out by our family. And so what music are we are we listening to? You know, it, Faithy always knows who's making her breakfast and lunch in the morning because when I get up, I generally go and turn on Christian music. And so as she's coming downstairs, Christian music is playing. Uh, whereas Eric generally, he'll turn on the TV and, you know, the news is playing or it'll just be silent and he's kind of getting his thoughts together as he's preparing for the day. And I have just found that there is something about playing music that glorifies God that our kiddos also like. I mean, I've learned, you know, they don't want Southern gospel when they wake up in the morning, but they do like a little bit of Toby Mac or for King and Country, and it kind of gets them jazzed. And um, and I like that. That is a way that I'm a catalyst in my home, Marlene. I also think I I I have a little Alexa dot, and that's the only thing Alexa does is is play uh, music for me. And um, so even when I left this morning and there's nobody in the house, I said Alexa, play praise and worship music because I like I believe it purifies and cleans our home. And I certainly want that to happen when I'm gone just as much as as when I'm there. I love that. Thank you so much. Okay, so, Susan, oh, goodness, we have like 43 seconds left for you in this segment before we start into our, our next segment. And, friends, I just want to tell you that um, I, I know that you're sitting and you're listening to Susan. You think, okay, I, I, I just I can't write all of this down fast enough. I want to share this with a friend. You can um, – on this Tuesday in our in our podcast, you can go to Love Talk, all one word, no spaces, Love Talk, and then Space Network, Love Talk Network. Go to Spotify or uh, whatever your favorite podcast uh, app is, and you can get this. This will drop on our podcast on Tuesday. And you can also go to our, love, our uh, archives at lovetalknetwork.com. And uh, get that at any time that you'd like. Well, friends, we are going to our break. When we come back, we are going to ask Susan what she has found that families most struggle with over the holidays. As she is in ministry day in and day out, what are families struggling with? And what is that biblical, practical answer 
that we're able to hold on to and be a catalyst with in our home. You're going to want to stay with us, friends. We're going to get a word from our sponsors. We will be right back, back with Love Talk to stay Love Talk us. here on The Bridge, Austin Central Texas Christian Talk, where we are building bridges of love and leadership today, talking about embracing hope amidst change and amidst the holidays, wherever you are at. We have our amazing guest with us, Susan Miller. And she is with Just Moved Ministries, and she has worked with women through so many changes, women and families, dealing with big life changes, whether they are struggling with fear and anxiety, loss of identity, bitterness, anger, grief, boy, you name it. Uh, And she has dealt with it and uh, helped thousands of families through it. And so, friends, no matter where you're at for the holidays, it's okay if you think that your holiday is not picture perfect. God is not looking for picture perfect. He is looking for relationship. And that's what we're going to be pressing into through Jesus Christ. Well, Susan, you you minister to women and families day in and day out. We are in the middle of the holiday season. What do you find women and families struggle with most over the holidays? The key word without any hesitation is loneliness. Women are, um, it's one of the top five uh, emotions that women feel when they are uprooted. They can be in a crowd of people. They can walk into a church with thousands of people and they can feel lonely. Loneliness is huge and one of the top things that women deal with, whether they're retired, uprooted, widowed, single, married. We can be lonely with people in our lives. Okay, that amazes me. You can be lonely when you're married. I thought that was the opposite of loneliness. You have a spouse right next to you. That is true, but a lot of times there is a void in a marriage, an emptiness, a disconnect, um, a, something that has put a wedge between the two of you, and you can be very uh, lonely. Let me let me define that a little. Um, uh, you can be lonely, but you're never alone, okay. because as a believer in Jesus Christ. You are, he is always with you. Now, if you don't feel his presence, guess who moved? He <laughs> is always with you. And so I, I like to, di- to break that down that you may feel lonely, but you are never alone. And don't forget that. That's so important. But loneliness is huge in our culture and in our society. I love that. You may feel lonely, but you are never alone. And so, Susan, I'd like to talk with you about this then. In marriage, you know, we we think of the holidays. This is a very together time. This is a very family time. How can we be purposeful then in these marriage relationships uh, to strengthen those relationships? Because I'm guessing if, if the wife feels lonely, there's probably a good chance that the husband feels lonely and what a sad thing here these two people that that have been brought together for this wonderful blessing are now not experiencing the blessing of that relationship what can we do in this holiday season to strengthen our marriages do you have any tried and 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 true uh tricks or solutions for us i'm going to use the word stop okay i'm going to use the word slow down. Uh, A lot of times over the holidays, we are so busy and so distracted and our schedules are so full and our husbands uh, are equally distracted and busy and we need to stop and find time for each other. Make time for each other. Schedule a time for each other. Um, if it's going for a walk together, be intentional. In other words, if you, if there is a wedge in your marriage, if there is loneliness in your marriage, um, communication is huge. To say the, the right thing, uh, and be honest, but say it at the right time and communicate. You know what? I'm just feeling lonely. We need to do something about this. I love you, but I'm feeling lonely. Stop 
make time for each other, uh, have that quality time because you're an us. It's not a you and a me. You're an us. And it's an intentional uh, endeavor that you make that choice to bring that a closer to that relationship closer together. I love that. Be open, be honest, and and help your spouse to understand how you're feeling. Well, what about what about singles? Yeah, uh, I'm, Susan. I, I'm always. Uh, my pastor used to talk about families and and all and couples, and I and I'd raise my hand right in the middle of church and go, um, and he'd go, and singles, and <laughs> yeah. So I think Absolutely. I, I love your word intentional, because I think. There's some intentional things singles can do as well to not feel so lonely. And it doesn't involve maybe a partner. It involves reaching out to others. Would you talk about that? Yeah, exactly. And and I didn't address that because the question was just Absolutely. for marriage. But you are so right. Um, there are uh, single career women, single moms, single widows, divorce. I mean, yes. And you need, again, to be intentional to step up and step out and get involved and volunteer and join up and join in. Um, be like-minded. In other words, join a, 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 cl- a hiking club or a walk, whatever that might be that would bring other people in your life. But you've got to step up, step out, step in and join up. You have to, a lot of times, initiate that. But it is truly the one another's that help that loneliness. I love mm-hmm. that. Step up, step out, and step in. Step into life. And, you know, I think so many times of this story of, of Peter, and he's, he's looking out, and he's keeping his eyes on Christ, and the waves seem crazy. And he steps out onto the water and steps into this challenge and as long as he keeps his eyes on Christ amazing things happen so friends we can't stick in the boat and just let life come at us and let the waves scare us and overwhelm us if we're dealing with loneliness let's step up step out and step into life this holiday season I love that and you know you can invite someone. Let's say you do have a family. We all know singles. Let's invite those singles over to join our family because singles are fun. You're a fun time, Marlene McMichael. <laughs> well, it, it is. You know, and I've had people who have just invited me to come over to their big family event, and, I, you know, we just try and fit in. And, and but, but it's even scary to go to some of these things. So really encourage them because they need that encouragement sometimes. And I have to say, I've, I've got two favorite sayings out of this program today that I think need to go on sofa pillows. One of them is step up, step out, step in. And, and think about the conversation that will generate when you put that on your sofa. And the other one is if you don't feel his presence, guess who moved? I love that. I mean, <laughs> conversation starters, let's embroider them on our pillows. Well, I love that. Oh, I love- Susan, tell us, how can our friends get a hold of you? I know there's gonna, we're going to have listening friends today, and they're going to think, well, this Susan Miller person is something else. How can I get in touch with her? Oh, goodness. You can reach me through, uh, reach us, one word, reach us, and direct it to me. Reach us at justmove.org. One word, reach us at justmove.org. Our website is justmove.org. That's another good way. Um, Just Move Ministry, you can Google that all day long and find lots of ways to be in touch with us. So, um, But by all means, I'd love to hear from you. And if you just zip me an email that says reach us at justmove.org, um, that would just delight my heart. Oh, I just wish everyone happy, happy holidays just and a Merry Christmas. One last question. Mm-hmm. How did you get involved in the whole concept of moving and the difficulties around that? That started out of my own need. My oh. husband was in the hotel industry, and we moved hotel and restaurant, hospitality industry. And we moved 
every two to three years, climbing the corporate ladder yeah. in the in the hotel industry. And so, out of that, uh, out of those feelings and emotions and disconnect and discouragement, all of those things, I realized there were other women like me who needed something to hold on to. Amen. And so that's what started uh, the whole pilgrimage and journey of Just Move Ministry was out of. And isn't that always the way God uses what we've been through to minister to others? Amen. That's so true. Well, Susan Miller, thank you so much for joining us on Love Talk. It has been such a pleasure. And friends, you can get this program on our archives at lovetalknetwork.com. You can also go to our podcast at Love Talk all one word, network, on your favorite podcast site. Well, friends, it's just like Susan said. We need to fertilize our lives by being in fellowship, fellowship with Christ and fellowship with one another. You can find a church. As Susan said, there's three words of advice of what you need to do next. Find a church. Find a church. Find a church. If you need help with that, or if you want to, if you need help with just learning about this relationship with Jesus Christ and how to engage in it, you can call us on the love line at 512-644-7972. You can go to Facebook at Love Talk Radio and write us in the comment section or DM us. We will be thrilled to get back to you. We always try and get back to you within 24 hours. And uh, friends, This relationship, it is a relationship that gives you hope, hope that is overflowing. That is what is offered to us in Jesus Christ. We just uh, love you, friends. We pray that you have a wonderful holiday season. We're looking forward to you being with us every Saturday as we move through this embracing series through Advent leading up to Christmas. Friends, I'm Kathy Enderbrock. For Marlene McMichael and Coach Carrie Brinkater, who could not join us today, she'll be back with us next week. We love you. We thank you for listening to Love Talk, and we'll be with you again next week.